Okay, 2024, we are in it. And we are just excited for what God is going to do in this coming year. Um, we are, as you can see, uh, we, we did a, back in the fall, we did a series, Darren and I did a sermon series on our four-point mission. And going into 2024, this is our heart, to live on mission, to live as people that are, our passion is his presence, which I hope you encountered this morning in worship. Our priority is people. Our purpose is in serving, and our pursuit is his kingdom on earth. And so our goal is to see these points fulfilled through 2024. At the, on the first day of this year, I was actually doing something that I haven't done, I don't think, since I started school. And I had, like, a complete day off. Like, I did nothing. I took a couple of naps. I had fleeting thoughts of maybe I should clean something. <laughs> and then I thought, no, I'm going to go take another nap. <laughs> It was very strange. And in that, on that first day of the year, in one of those naps, I was awakened. I'd had a, a, just a moment dream. And now I don't have a ton of dreams from the Lord. But those, when I do, they are significant and I know. Uh, I had one years ago in a previous church, the Lord had given me a dream about gossip happening within the body of Christ and what it was doing in the spirit realm. And it brought in a season of repentance in the church. I've had dreams about my son. I've not had a lot of dreams, but when I have dreams, I know these are from God. On Monday in one of my naps... I had this, it was very quick, but I woke up and I felt the presence of the Lord. And uh, the only way I know to explain it is that, and you all know, I got a lot of stuff going on, right? Pastoring a business and school. And in that moment, it was like on both sides of me, all of the things in my life that I have were like shaking, like hands shaking like this. And they were crying, what's happening? What's happening? That's all I could feel on either side. What's happening? And as they are on either side of me yelling, what's happening and shaking, a hand like zeroed in on me, the hand of the Lord. And, and it was the blessing of the Lord. His hand of blessing was hitting my head. And everything was, what's happening? What's happening? And I awoke, and the passage that the Lord took me to was in Genesis 1.28. And it said, then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And I wrote that on my brand new planner that none of my kids ordered off of my Christmas list, so I had to order for myself. I put it on every year, and they've never got me one. I have to order my own after Christmas. But I put that verse on the front page of my planner for 2024. When Darren and I, I hadn't, I was kind of just, you know, sometimes I just sit on these things and meditate, and I hadn't said anything to Darren. And, and Thursday night, we were in Petersburg, and the Lord had given him a word. 
And it was Genesis 1:28. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And what we believe God is doing in 2024 is a work of multiplication. This morning, Darren texted me once he had gotten to Petersburg, and he said that Brian had reminded him of a word that he had given him last year concerning the church. And I want to just read a portion of it this morning. And it says, the Lord would say concerning this house, thus saith the Lord, this place will be a place where men, women, and children would come to meet me. If we're not meeting him, there's no point. A place where they will, they will hear from heaven. A place where they will receive their healing, receive their answer. For I will do amazing things in this house, says the Lord. There will be unusual manifestations in this house. For this house is an epicenter of what is coming. This house has been called for a purpose and a plan, not a plan of man, but of my spirit. And I will do great and mighty things to bring people into my presence. For the Lord desires a fellowship with his creation that many do not know is available. For the Lord will bring them in, and this will be a place of meeting. I don't read that to glorify anybody or anything. I read that to say, God, we must habitate your presence. Whatever else we do in 2024, God's plan, God's purpose is for man to connect with him. And we must be the connectors. That's his plan, is that the body of Christ would be connectors for people to connect with God. And so, and everything that we do, listen, this, this word is for you personally, and this word is for us corporately, because God is a God of multiplication and blessing, whether it is you personally or you corporately, because what a, a corporate body of people that are multipliers and blessed that's the corporate. It comes down to each and every one of us. And so I want to tell you just a short here account of a man who left his family home in one of the greatest cities of the world with his wife, his half-sister. And when God commanded him to leave his family, our missionaries know something about this, don't they? He was told that God would greatly bless him and multiply him and make his name great. His nomadic journey was full of all kinds of adventures you can read in Genesis. However, although he greatly increased in possessions, he did not multiply with children. And then God made a promise saying that his wife beyond childbearing years would give birth to a son. Finally, after more adventures, at the age of 100, I don't understand. Darren keeps saying 
it's not too late. Like, yes. 49, that's too late. <laughs> At the age of 100, he has a son. And although he had sons by another wife, he had more sons, this one son, Isaac, was the promised son of the inheritance. Abraham, who is our father of faith. And here are the promises that God made to Abraham. He said multiple times he made covenant with him, saying, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Don't be afraid, Abram. We heard that word this morning. Don't be afraid. I am your shield, your great reward. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations. Isn't that good? It's not just for you. Uh, Shelley, I see that back row. It's for every generation, every generation, for an everlasting covenant to be to God, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Okay. Well, what does that mean for me? This guy's Old Testament, like the beginning of the Old Testament. What does that mean to me? How does his blessing affect me? Well, let me tell you. In the New Testament, here's the promise. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, here it is, then you are of Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The covenant that was made with Abraham, because we are in Christ Jesus, we have become heirs of that covenant. We now are people of the blessing. We now are people that are multiplied. Why? Because through faith in Christ, we are sons and daughters of Abraham, whom the Messiah came through, Israel. This inheritance of a blessing and multiplication is for me. It is what God does with the people he covenants with. And because of Christ, he has covenanted with you. This ought to change how we look at our lives. This ought to change how we look at 2024. Yeah, I want to multiply. Who would say no to this? Yes, I want 2024 to look a little different from 2023. Anybody there? I know many of you are. I've heard your stories, and you're glad that the 31st has passed and the first has come in. 2024, we're looking at for the year of multiplication. And so the question is, this sounds so great. Here we go, though. I'm a practical person. How do we multiply? How do we become people of blessing and multiplication? Well, what I am is a Christ follower. And so as a Christ follower, I follow Christ. I do what Christ did, right? And so I look in Matthew 14, 
at what Jesus does to multiply. And so in Matthew 14, here's, you know the account, swarms of people have come to hear Jesus speak. And see, now if I were one of the disciples of that day, I would have been sitting there being like, well, Jesus, you're, you're God. You should have known all these people were going to show up. Shouldn't you have come in with a plan to feed them? Like maybe we should have hosted this conference with um, some kind of Chick-fil-A box plan, you know? And, and, but that's not how it was working. See, this is why Darren likes to operate the way he does. He's I'm beam like Jesus. We had all these people swarming to hear Jesus. And finally that night, the disciples were like, come on, Jesus. They've been here all day. They need some food. This is not the week of prayer and fasting. And so Jesus says, well, what do you have? And out of all these thousands of people, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here to me, he said. He directed the people to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 remaining baskets. Interesting, one per disciple. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men plus women and children. And, you know, they didn't have, like, birth control stuff, so there's probably a lot of children there. That's a lot of people. Five loaves, two fish. How do we multiply? We take what we have to Jesus, first of all. And so often we're too busy despising what we have. And we just hold on to it and despise it. When Jesus is waiting for you to bring it to him. Well, I only got five loaves and two fish. It's not enough. I never have enough. That person's always gone. I never have enough. Lack, 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 lack. Jesus is waiting for us to bring our lack to him. But we hold on to it, and we despise what we have. If I just had better-behaved kids, if I just had a better spouse, if I just had a better boss, we take what we have, and we bring it to Jesus. He's invited us to do it. Give me what you have. And then we look to heaven... And we do what? We give thanks. Oh, man. Here's the problem. We are constantly in the realm of seeking more and living and not enough. Multiplication begins when you multiply your thanksgiving. When you stop complaining, when you stop getting frustrated when you stop all of the negativity over what you have in your life and you multiply your thanksgiving until you multiply your thanksgiving there will never be that multiplication released in your life it begins with thanksgiving and then the final step in being a multiplier is you give it away 
always. When he said to Abraham, I want to bless you, what did he say? Not so that Abraham could be all stuffed up with blessing. He blessed Abraham so Abraham could be a blessing. The purpose of multiplication is always within the kingdom to give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. And we try to hold on because we're trying to get enough. And as soon as we start trying to grasp what we have and hang on to it and be tight-fisted, we have cut off the multiplication. Multiplication only works with an open hand. A, a giving of, to Jesus and a giving thanks and a giving away. And so for 2024... That first word that Darren and I were feeling was that multiplication. There's another word, though, that has been ringing within me since the new year, and I believe that it is connected to multiplication, and that is a new wineskin. Now, if you have been brought up in the like, 80s and 90s, you know what this means. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, I've been there. Listen, here's what Jesus says about a, a wineskin. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Okay, so the main thing I want us to get here is, if you don't know what a wineskin was back in the day, it basically was a container for wine, and it was made up of leathered animal skin, usually from goat or sheep. And they could store or transport the wine in it. So in many cultures where there's not great water, even new wine is something they would typically drink because it was safer. And I meant to bring it, and I forgot it. But I have in my house many bottles of kombucha. How many of you are kombucha drinkers? Really? Only like three of you? Four? Oh my goodness. Caleb, why isn't your hand up back there? Oh my, I should have brought little samples for you all. How many of you know what kombucha is? Okay. It's very simply fermented tea and sugar. And it be, it's kind of like a bubbly soda. Only it's good for you. So all of you Coca-Cola drinking people should take up kombucha. You get the fizziness. And there's even caffeine. But it also contains all kinds of really good bacteria for your gut health, which is very important for your mental well-being as well. And Health 101 will take place on another night. So I have multiple bottles right now going of kombucha. I've got a rose-flavored one. I've got an, a rosemary and orange. And I can't remember the last one. Lavender and juniper. And so Alexandra kind of has a bit of PTSD with it because every once in a while, what happens is a gas is built up in there, and it can, like, pop the top. Now, Caleb knows all about this because he popped a top in Raylin's home, and it was on the ceiling and everywhere, right, Caleb? It was all over the kitchen. It's a combustible thing. 
And so here's what the principle is. If you were to take something fermented like that that has action happening in it and you put it into an old wineskin, what is happening within that new wine is going to destroy that old wineskin. you got to put it into a new, supple, soft wineskin in order for it to hold. And what I felt like the Spirit of God was saying for 2024 is that he wants to multiply his people, but it's going to take a new wineskin for many. Because the new work that God wants to do in and through us requires something different than what we've experienced in the past. We're living in a unique time, and that means we need a new wineskin. we got to renew our minds in Christ, and we've got to have a paradigm shift. An interesting picture of this, we were watching Star Wars this past weekend. And a fact that I just learned about it, how many of you are Star Wars fans? Oh, wow, that hand went up in the back. If you all would just respond to the altar calls that quickly, that would be awesome. <laughs> okay, so Darth Vader, the bad guy, for those of you that are not Star Wars people, the bad guy, he didn't always used to be the bad guy. He used to be on the good team. He used to be a Jedi, right? But then there came a point where everything in him that was prideful and self-ambition overtook him. And he ended up in a battle against the very person that had trained him. And in that battle, he lost. And on a very volcanic planet, he lost the battle and he became wounded that forever changed him. The lava, he took a dip in the lava. You can imagine how that would affect a person physically, right? To the point that he began to wear the armor and became Darth Vader in order to live. Well, the interesting piece of trivia that I didn't know is that Darth Vader's castle, he built it over the very spot that was his failure in his place of woundedness. He set up his fortress over his failure and over his woundedness. And the lava from that planet gave him, it fed him continually his energy. Hate. Listen, this is why we need a new wineskin. We can no longer camp out in, first of all, our previous encounter with Christ. Right? I've been married 30 years and I can't camp out in our first year of marriage. Our love looks different. It feels different. It's deeper, right? It's ever changing and evolving. That love relationship. I can't live on that first year of marriage encounter. Darren and I have to have continual marriage encounters, right? to keep that thing alive and thriving. So the first thing with getting a new wineskin is getting a new encounter with Christ, saying yesterday was wonderful, and I love the memories of it and what it did, but that won't help me today. I need the daily bread of encounter with Christ today. Second, we have allowed previous defeats and wounds 
like Darth Vader, become our perspective. We got to change our positions, no longer camping out like Darth Vader did in our defeats and our wounds and our offenses. The minute you camp out in defeat, woundedness, and offense, you cut off multiplication. There's no living water where you're camped out in those places. A new wineskin is letting go of my previous encampment and saying, I'm no longer going to live with thinking the way I did when I was wounded, like thinking and acting the way I did when I was offended, thinking and acting the way I did when I failed. I can't live there. I need a new wineskin. I need a new way of thinking that Christ has given to me. Instead, I got to camp out in Psalm chapter 1 by living waters. I got to be like a tree planted by living water that brings forth its fruit in season that does not wither, that prospers. That's multiplication and blessing. When I camp out in the living waters of Jesus Christ, I say no no to offenses, no to woundedness, no, because Jesus has come that I would be free of it all. He is fully able to heal you. He is fully able, fully able to heal you. He is fully able to take your failure and make it a victory. But you got to have a new paradigm, a new way of thinking. You got to say, you got to take a leap of faith and say, yes, I believe what God's word says. I believe what he says about us. I'm going to ask if the worship team would come. I think all of us would say, yes, I would love to live an exciting life of multiplication, of blessing. I want to say this, though. God's multiplication is not like math multiplication. And so it drives mathematicians like Shelley maybe a little crazy, you know, because three times four equals 12 always. But God's multiplication doesn't look like that. He's in charge of, of, of the answer. He's in charge of how much you multiply. He takes what little you have, two times five, and you might think you should only get seven, but God comes in and multiplies greater than you ever could imagine. And so we cannot, we cannot look at multiplication through our human eyes and think it's going to look a certain way. The truth is, is that to become a person that is a multiplier and a person that walks in blessing is that sometimes in be having a new wineskin, it does take a breaking. Paradigm shifts can be painful. New ways of thinking can be painful. I've never had a more stressful year and a half than when I started school. But what I know is that God's increasing my capacity to multiply and to be a blessing to people. And it's painful. 
There are months that I have a perpetual headache. And often it's trying to grasp new thoughts and new ideas. And, and what is happening? He's shifting. He's, he's putting in, giving me a new wineskin through the process. And so sometimes where it looks like you're not blessed, and sometimes when it looks like you're not multiplying, what God is doing is setting you up. He's setting you up. Because you know, often in the breaking, even as we sang it today, in the blessing and in the breaking, I will worship. And sometimes in the breaking, I got to see what's really inside of me. Sometimes in the breaking, I've got to see what I really don't have and what I need from him. And I can't really step into his blessing until I see what my life is like without it. Jesus, when he took the bread, he broke it, didn't he? He gave thanks for it and he broke it. And it's a picture of his broken body. But it also shows us that sometimes in the multiplying, there's the breaking. And if you've been in a season of breaking and it feels like I... I am not blessed. It feels like I could never, I've only multiplied failure and frustration. If you will bring what you have to Jesus and give thanks. If you will put it in the hand of Jesus, he's the multiplier. We're not. And so all I can do is in great weakness and humility bring my life and place it in the hands of Christ and say, here it is, Jesus. May your blessing rest upon it. And may your multiplication power work through it. And so this morning, as we are moving out from our first service of 2024 for some of you you have to make the decision to embrace a new wine skin you've got to make the decision to say you know what i'm not going to be like darth vader i'm not going to camp out in my woundedness and my offense and my failure i'm going to bring it to jesus i'm going to because jesus can take that which is broken and he can multiply grace and goodness in it. Praise the Lord. And so the worship team is going to lead us in a moment of worship. And I want us all to stand because wherever you are in your journey, if your heart is like my heart, it is saying, Lord, 2024, we live in a city full of people that are broken and need the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to multiply what you have given me. I want to multiply the gift of salvation that you have given to me. I want to multiply the gift of grace that you have given to me. I want to multiply it to the people in this city that are hungering and thirsting after it. And so 
that's your heart. I want you just to engage in a few moments of worship. But if you're saying, I gotta let behind, I've gotta move out from some woundedness. I've gotta I've gotta leave behind a lot of junk that I don't want anymore. Listen, you gotta get this is what we call an altar. An altar is a meeting place with his presence. It is an altar is a place where transformation and change happens, where you leave those things at the foot of the cross and you walk away from it transformed by the power of Jesus. And so this morning, there are some of you, listen, it takes you moving and taking a step of faith. It takes you getting a little uncomfortable and saying, I don't wanna go up in front of anybody else. Listen, you get your eyes on Jesus and you find him up here. Everybody else has been in this same place. Everybody else has had their own time at the altar where they've had to leave things behind, when they've had to pick up some things from Jesus. And everybody in this room is for you. They are for you and they are encouraging you on your journey. And so don't let fear keep you from responding to the call of Jesus who says, what do you have? What do you have? Maybe it's not woundedness. Maybe you're just saying, Lord, this little bit of faith that I've got, I want to give it to you today. This little bit of gifting that I've got, I want to bring it to you today. I want to put it into your hands. Whatever it is you've got, Jesus is calling and saying, bring it to me. Bring it to me and see what I can do with it. And so as the team begins to worship, you come. You come and make your move toward Jesus and bring him what you've got this morning.